He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in you probably just heard from our own Jacqueline the news that Joe Manchin has now put the final nail, it seems, in the coffin of the BBBB program. <laughs> that stands for Biden's Build Back Broke program. <laughs> he calls it Build Back Better, but Build Back Broke is a much more apt <laughs> description. The laughter here you hear is from my friend Doug Shapiro, who joins me here and is responsible for the music that we play. How you doing, Dick? Hey, you doing okay. So, uh, Manchin has now finally completely walked away from the Biden program. And that boy's just a walk away, born to be a lever, tell you from the word, destined to deceive her, he's the wrong kind of paradise. She's gonna know it. Thank goodness Joe walked away and mm. hope he stays away. Um, <clears throat> this is one of the singular acts of political courage that we've witnessed recently. <laughs> There's damn few competition for it, but still it is it is really incredible. And um, especially since he's turning down a billion-dollar bribe that Biden had put in the bill. As I've told you before, Manchin's wife was appointed by Biden head of the Appalachian Regional Commission, which gives out money. And um, they put a billion dollars in this bill for that commission. And uh, if Manchin killed it, I would not want to be a fly on the wall at his <laughs> breakfast table where he tells his wife, Honey, you know that budget we drew up of all those Christmas presents we're giving out to all our contractors, donors, Oops. family and friends? We have a little problem here. <laughs> He's going to need a food taster. And then she's going to yell, You what? <laughs> I voted no. <laughs> anyway, um, but it was a, a real act of courage that he did that and, and just terrific. Um, well, I have a call I can't resist here from Andrew and Stanhope, where the screen it says it's about Dick as Clinton's advisor. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? I know you do, did a lot of great things. Whenever you use advisor. the word Clinton, please use a first name. I wasn't Hillary's <laughs> oh, right. advisor. Right. Bill Bill Clinton, but yeah. I know Hillary was in charge or semi-in charge. But you did great things as his advisor, such as welfare reform which did the opposite of what the critics said. It was going to hurt right. minorities. It did the opposite. It made people not dependent as much on the government. And I just want to ask Fannie and Freddie, the Community Reinvestment Act, which blew up in our face. Yep. Bill Clinton was supportive of that. Yeah. Did you ever discuss that with him or try to stop it? No, I didn't. But uh, the guy who did it more than anyone else is Andrew Cuomo. He was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development during that. And uh, Clinton was very anxious to hype the home ownership rate, particularly for minorities. So Cuomo and Clinton got together and basically lent everybody money regardless of whether they could pay it back or not. And that caused the subprime mortgage crisis. Uh, but I thank you for your call. And the uh, the other thing we did, of course, was three years of balanced budget. Do you remember that was back in those 
finicky days when the amount of money you spent was equal to the amount of money you had. Way, way past that now. Who but would do that? That was that was very, very old. But basically, it is Biden's greed that has caused this problem. And Biden has now the worst year, the worst first year of any president since the Civil War, except for two. Andrew Johnson, who had Reconstruction and was impeached, he had the worst year. Uh, Herbert Hoover, who had the Great Depression in his first year, that was also the worst year. But Joe Biden's record in the first year is absolutely incredible, a record of total and complete failure. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. Of all the love I have won or have lost, there is one love. He certainly is a loser. I'm going to give you now a list of the things he has proposed that he has failed to achieve. And in addition to slapping him on the, in, on the wrist, pat yourself on the back, because our opposition had a lot to do with killing all this stuff. Voting rights, climate change, competition for prescription drugs, capital gains tax changes, transgender sports, CRT instruction in schools, the whole Build Back Better program, raising the minimum wage, expanding Obamacare, required unionization and uh, and eliminating uh, entrepreneurial individual employers, filibuster reform, end rem- ending the Remain in Mexico program, the Supreme Court packing, expanding the child tax credit, amnesty for DACA's, diverting police funding to social workers, bail reform, uh, the repeal of the federal minimum sentencing element laws, ending catch and release at the border, packing the National Labor Relations Board, packing the Federal Elections Commission, expanding Medicare, expanding gun control, extension of higher unemployment benefits, expanding the IRS access to your bank account information. Those are the bills we have killed that this loser proposed and fought for. And he had both houses of Congress. You know, he won the House and stole the Senate. And, you know, for God's sakes, he couldn't even make it stick then. So this guy is absolutely a Class A loser. And thank God he is. Uh, Imagine if half of this stuff passed. We would build back broke. Uh, (laughs) Biden's Build Back Broke program, (laughs) absolutely. Um, But ultimately, it was the greed of the Democrats that killed all of this. They tried to cram so much into this package, so many spending bills, so much money, that it died of its own weight. Uh, I mean, if this were not originally a $3.5 trillion bill and then $1.7 trillion, it were a reasonable bill, even a couple hundred billion, he could have gotten it through. It was the weight of this package itself that killed it. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I need money. 
If Biden had exercised some discipline and stopped them from putting everything in the world into this bill, it could have passed. In fact, just in terms of the negotiations with Manchin, Manchin said, hey, listen, if you fund, you, you pass the child tax credit. I'm for that. I think it's a good idea, he said. And, and I do too, by the way. Well, not as much as he wants, but yeah. But if he had just done that and put that honestly into the budget, the budget office would not have scored this as being increasing the deficit or increasing the debt. But that was just one element of a thousand things he wanted to cram into this bill. And it ultimately made it totally impossible to maintain that this bill would not augment the deficit and add to the debt. And uh, that led Manchin to kill it today. And uh, it's just clear that this is a result of the Democratic overreach. The second mistake Biden made was a tactical one. What he did was he led with the announcement that I have a $3.5 trillion bill and then spared it down. But that's like telling someone who walks into a car showroom and says, would you like to see a $70,000 car? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. That's not how you do it. The guy walks into the store and you say, would you like to see this beautiful car with this wonderful design, this gorgeous color, all these gimmicks on it, all these safety features, all these navigation lights. Convertible. A convertible and wind in your hair. <laughs> Gotta be oh, and, and by the way, it'll cost $70,000. Uh, but you put that in at the end. You don't lead with that. Biden had so much crap in this bill that the only way he could describe it was to identify its, its amount. And that became the signature of the bill. This was not a watch that's really groovy. It's a watch that is a, you know, $2,000 watch. And all you can think of is the money. What he should have done is broken this up into its component parts and one month have the whole month about climate change and put that in the bill. Then the second month, it all should have been about the child tax credit and go to daycare centers and other stuff. And the next month about child care itself being uh, subsidized. And then the next month to do something about uh, about uh, efforts to to counter crime. In other words, take each section of the bill and do a month pushing it. So the bill had some description other than just the amount of money it cost. But Biden ultimately was hostage to the left-wing Democrats. And there is nothing more undisciplined than the United States Senate or the House with money. And they just go crazy and they put everything into the bill they want. And there's no way that it can pass because it just becomes a gigantic, huge Christmas tree. Now, I have a couple of calls here of very good callers who have uh, or have things to add to the list of Biden failures, and I'm very happy that they came in. One caller who dropped off, I don't know the name, was talking about Biden's failure to expand the SALT deduction, state and local tax deduction, uh, to $80,000, and that that's not going anywhere. Uh, but let's go to my old friend and dear friend, Judith, who I look forward to meeting in Brooklyn. Hello, Thank Judith. you, Mr. Mars. Always so nice. Thank you so much. Listen, I don't know about fairness, but he wants to definitely add on. I'm talking about now the IRS, yep. which I call in, internal ripoff service. Okay. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they want to increase by 87,000 extra IRS agents, correct? They sure do. Last week you... Last week you said a very good word, unbalanced, so I'm going to use it here now. If he's going to increase 87,000 extra IRS agents to make a lot of trouble, 
it's a little unbalanced. So here, uh, there was a caller last week who was trying to say something, and I'm not sure if uh, if he if he made his point. But let me just I just want to say this: there is in the IRS a division, a special division. They're not agents. It's called inspection division. Yep. What is that? They are independent inspectors, and their job their job, Mr. Mars, is to monitor and also have the authority to prosecute any of these agents that think that they can go and abuse their power, which a lot of times they will do and have yep. done, their, for their political or targeting specific groups, which has, which has been done. The thing is, you need to now increase funding for this division division to balance it out, like checks and balances, right. 87,000 extra agents, let's get some extra age uh, individual inspectors mm-hmm. to inspect them as well, that's to it. keep it uh, fair and keep it honest and keep it, you know, the way it should be. That so is that's such what I was trying point. to explain. Thank Mr. you. Morris. That is such a great point. It's absolutely true, and I agree completely with you. Well, Judith, we're going to call you. You actually got your phone number. Finally. And we're going to invite you to my show so you can sit at the table oh. with me and you can talk and you won't have to wait on the line. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward, so nice. to, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, okay, thank the, you. Um, thank you, Drew. Now, what's happening is that the Democratic Party is forming a firing squad the way it usually does in a circle. So they shoot at each other. <laughs> and that's what's going on with Joe Biden now. And, uh, and, it's, and Pelosi and Biden are both being caught in the crossfire. Uh, Democrats are openly talking about getting rid of Biden as the nominee in 24, openly discussing that. And they're openly discussing getting rid of Pelosi as Speaker. And now it's Nancy's turn to cry. And it is Joe's and Nancy's turn to cry. Um, This rebellion against Biden is going to increase week by week, month by month. When they see the results of the 22 elections, the Democrats are going to absolutely freak out. They will completely lose it. And they will be determined that they will get rid of Biden as their candidate. And with Biden, they'll wash down Harris. Uh, because she's 10 points behind Biden in approval. And uh, at the moment, it's just beginning to dawn on them that they have a loser here and that they're not going to be able to come back from it, carrying his baggage across the line. And that's going to lead to a civil war in the Democratic Party in which the establishment will try to nominate Buttigieg and the blacks will try to nominate probably Cory Booker would be my guess. And uh, then the radicals, the left, the so-called progressives, are going to come in with their favorite candidate, who I think is going to be AOC. 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 And I think that the Democratic primary of 2024 will likely be a three-way contest. With Well, four-way, because Bernie Sanders is still alive. So <laughs> Sanders, <laughs> Buttigieg, uh, Booker, and, um, and AOC. And it's going to be a real bloodbath. And I predict that at that point, AOC probably emerges as the winner and becomes the 
Democratic candidate, God help us, for president of the United States. Don't worry, she won't even carry Washington, D.C. <laughs> She'll lose everything. But, um, but it still is a terrifying concept for her to be that close to everything. Let's go to Joe in Saddle River, New Jersey. Hey, Joe. What's up, Mr. Morris? You hey. are an intellectual genius there. And uh, the Democratic Party, I mean, I mean, that's going to, if there's going to be a primary for the presidential in 2025, it'll look like the ballroom scene in Star Wars there. But the thing <laughs> is, <laughs> that's great. You really, have to, you really have to realize something there. <laughs> no, laughing's good for you, man. Let's give your lungs right out. But the thing is, um, you got to realize something, what's going on now. Um, Joe. Biden's had a lot of failures. We know that. But the thing is, the left considers the biggest success of all. They wouldn't trade it for nothing. It's just flooding this country and floods through the southern border. People expiring visas. Yeah. The 65 Immigration Act. I mean, come on. Anybody who supports the 65 Immigration Act, Omar and Tlaib, let me tell you something, Mr. Morris. They run into that studio. They would leap and jump in there into your arms and kiss you smack on the lips yeah. and giving them all the power. Now, now listen, uh, Joe, I agree with you basically, but I do want to point out to you that the Hispanic vote is changing. Uh, there's a poll out that was just taken in Texas that says that if Biden ran against Trump today, Biden would lose Hispanic voters to Trump. Trump would carry the Latino vote in Texas. Carry it. Not come close, but win it. And uh, I think that the Democratic master plan, which was to take over the country by getting solid support from blacks, young people, and mainly Latinos, and ride the expanding number of Latinos, whether here legally or illegally or having simply a higher birth rate, uh, ride that into power. They are now... They're now failing because the Hispanic vote is changing. Donald Trump changed it for all time by making his views synonymous with patriotism and letting the Democrats become synonymous with anti-Americanism that has turned off the Latinos in droves. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Hey, Jerry. Well, I have two things to say. Number one, instead of building a broke bill, how about build back bankruptcy bill? Yeah, right. Biden's build back bankruptcy bill. <laughs> how about that's four B's instead of three. I like it a whole lot better. <laughs> good, good line. Good Another point. thing I would like to say, I think the, Redemic, the Republicans can pick up as many as 10 gubernatorial seats. I think yeah. for sure they'll pick up Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and, uh, Michigan and Michigan and North Carolina. And they'll pick up, and they'll pick up North Carolina. They should pick up um, uh, and, what do you call it, Louisiana, and then count uh, the ones where we get rid of rhinos, uh, Georgia and Arizona. And then there's a four other shots they have, so, you know, longer shots in Minnesota, yeah. New York. And Washington changed a little, so they got a shot in Washington State, especially in yeah. the, after what happened in Seattle. Yeah, I never thought of Washington State. I did the campaign where I used to be a Democrat for Lowry, who we got elected governor there. And I think there is a decent shot in Washington State. You're absolutely right about Minnesota. Minnesota was trending Republican, and uh, it, it was basically taken away from us in the 2020 election, whether legitimately or not. But we have an excellent shot there. And what was the other state you mentioned? Um, um, 
Minnesota. New York. New York, of New course, York. yeah. Letitia James' withdrawal really opens the door to that. And, uh, and, and there are a bunch of good candidates, Zeldin and, uh, Astorino and our own Andrew Giuliani. So, uh, the, you're absolutely right. And you know, people are saying, will we, will we win the Senate? Well, we're certainly going to pick up, get rid of Raphael in Georgia. Uh, we're going to win, uh, Arizona, getting rid of Mark Kelly. We're going to win, um, uh, I'm sorry, I have two others in my mind. We're going to win Nevada, getting rid of, of the senator there, and we're going to undoubtedly win New Hampshire, getting rid of, uh, Shanine, uh, Sheehan. I forget how to pronounce it. But other than those four, we'll win all the open seats, keep them. But other than those four, I'm still thinking about that we probably could carry two or three others. I just haven't figured out which ones they are yet. Thank you for calling. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I was really shocked this week when I listened to Tucker Carlson, uh, who I've always admired, defending Vladimir Putin. Here, yeah, you got that right, defending Vladimir Putin. Carlson said that Putin is being tormented, his word, by NATO. And he said NATO was a good, re- a good alliance to stop the Soviets from taking over uh, Europe, uh, but that that end that was forty for forty years. But communism has been dead for thirty years, and it's irrelevant now. Its only purpose is to try to torment Putin and try to encircle Russia, encircle Putin with pro-Western interests that undermine him and 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 could lead to provocation and war. He said that Putin was right to take over Ukraine uh, because the Russian Navy needed a warm water port uh, on the Baltic Sea, on the, uh, to the ocean, to send its Navy out to the ocean. And the best one they had, except for the Arctic, the only one they have, is in the Black Sea, Sebastopol, in Crimea. And he said that uh, Ukraine would take Sebastopol away from the Russians and that that was uh, their vital interest. Everything I've just said to you is untrue, that, that he said. Uh, the fact of the matter is that the, is that Ukraine owned Sebastopol uh, for 40 years, and only when the Russians invaded in 2015 did they take it over. Uh, when, when Ukraine owned Sebastopol, the Russians paid a fee and their navy used it coming and going as they pleased. To say that Putin's only interest is in reinforcing his regional security in Eastern Europe – and that he has no territorial ambitions in Western Europe. Carlson said he doesn't want to take over Belgium. Well, Hitler didn't want to take over Belgium either. He wanted to take over the Rhineland, and he did. He wanted to take over Sudetenland, and he did. He wanted to take over Austria, and he did. He wanted to take over Czechoslovakia, and he did. And he wanted to take over Poland, and when he invaded, he started World War II, and then guess what? He took over Belgium. And Netherlands and France uh, and uh, Italy and three quarters of Europe. If we haven't learned our lesson that appeasing dictators leads to war, if we haven't learned our lesson that 
taking Putin lightly and saying, oh, he just is defending his regional interests. You know, when Hitler invaded the Rhineland, Lord Lothian, who was the British ambassador to the U.S., said, I think he's just walked into his own back garden. Uh, why should we be concerned about that? Well, Putin has a rather expansive view of his back garden, and uh, and he's clearly trying to rebuild the Russian Empire. And when he gets apologists like Tucker Carlson uh, pleading his case and saying that NATO is tormenting him, it makes it easier. Carlson, let's get one thing straight, Tucker, that NATO is a defensive alliance. Its only provision is that if one of us is attacked, all the others will come together and defend it. A defend the country attack. We were hit on 9-11, and they all came together and invaded Afghanistan to get rid of the Taliban. And uh, that's NATO's job. If Putin invades, he's going to have a fight on his hands with NATO. If Putin doesn't, uh, he'll be fine. And Putin recently, just two days ago, outlined his terms for not invading Ukraine. And they had nothing to do with Ukraine. They said that I, he did not want NATO to put any military installations or station any troops in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, and Hungary. Those are his objectives. That's what he's after. Ukraine is a way to get to those. And uh, he outlined, really, his plans for rebuilding the Soviet Union, rebuilding the USSR with the likes of uh, people like Carlson. Lenin once said that democracy would lose to communism because of useful idiots, he called it, uh, who would let them get away with it. And we just have a clear useful idiot in Tucker Carlson. Let's go to Dennis in Queens. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Dennis. Oh, hi. Uh, I, I would like to know, uh, how, you know, this is different from when Jimmy Carter was president. Okay. Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's the same. Uh, Carter, uh, uh, Carter let inflation take over. Uh, really, Johnson and Nixon and Carter did and forward because they refused to raise taxes to pay for the Vietnam War to pay for the Great Society. That deficit caused enormous stimulus, which led directly to the uh, which led directly to growth that kindled inflation, and inflation got so bad that the Fed had to raise interest rates. The reason they have to in that situation is that. The only is that when the economy overheats, it's like your blood pressure goes up, your hypertension goes up to really dangerous levels. And there are two ways to bring that down. One is through medication. The other is through taking all your blood out of your body, and then you don't have any uh, inflationary pressures. You don't have any blood pressure either, and you're dead. But the idea is you almost kill the economy to stop the inflation and stop the demand. And that's really what's going on here. 
We just got a call in from Jerry from Bayside who wants to defend my friend Tucker Carlson. Hey, Jerry, thanks for calling in. Oh, hi, Mr. Morris. Um, I just, the thing is, I think Putin is, um, I mean, he's, we know he's KBG, KGB and everything, and he's, he's a tyrant and he's not a nice person. We know that, but he, he does have like a, a national pride, I guess, you know, like everybody, at least he has it. We don't have it in this country anymore. We don't even call it the United States anymore. It's just America. This country's not united. And, um, but, uh, Tucker Carlson was not really a real conservative. He just put that act on to get onto TV and everything. He's, uh, okay, he's but, really just a wishy-washy Republican. But what are you saying about Putin? Well, Putin is, is doing something. He's copying us, but this has been doing a long time. He's, he's, he's putting a, a lot of people from the Middle East and different part of countries up on the Poland, Polish border there. Yeah. He's piling them up over there. To he's Belarus. also, but, yeah, but it's very similar to what we're doing here in America. Yeah, and, but uh, stop me. Don't make excuses for Putin. He, uh, he is invading uh, Ukraine. Uh, he sent troops into Georgia. He sent troops into Moldova. He sent troops into Crimea. He sent troops into East Donbass, the province in Ukraine, on the Russian border. And now he's massed troops on the border with, uh, with, uh, Ukraine. So what's this guy got to do to prove to you that he's an aggressor? Uh, he is breaking the whole concept of, uh, of rule of law and the whole concept of the post-Cold War, uh, detente between the countries. And he's pursuing what he calls his national interest, but really what it is is imperialism and conquest. You know, in Mississippi, I've done a bunch of campaigns there, and they have one great phrase. There ain't no education in the second kick of a mule. <laughs> there ain't no education in the second kick of a mule. The first time the mule kicks you in the stomach, you learn all you have to learn about standing in behind the mule. <laughs> and if we haven't learned from Hitler right. and Putin gets away with what he's trying to do, uh, it's obvious that, that we're going to deserve what we got. The second kick. The second kick of a mule. Mm. Let's go to Susan in Brooklyn. Hey, Susan. Hi, Dick. Hey. Hear you. Um, listen, I'm Judy's um, sister in solidarity here in Brooklyn, and I think it would be Good. great to have her on more. So, um, yeah, I want to talk about this education reform necessity, which is linked to crime, under the scourge of undereducation, and the amount of money that we spend. So the bottom line is vouchers are not going to get in in New York State. But charter schools, we already have a bill, yep. and that the next gubernatorial candidate that can articulate the fact that we need to raise the cap on those. Yeah. And I, I don't know if an executive order could be done or if it has to go no, to the it, legislature. It, it has to be legislation. The legislature, which is bought and paid for by the teachers union, uh, set a cap of 100 charter schools for the entire state of New York. And that is absurd. It is ridiculous. And there has got to be a removal of that cap. And, uh, and voucher system is important and all of that. But let's do what Philadelphia does. They have about 146,000 kids in their school system, in their public schools, and they have 250,000 who want to get into charter schools, who are on the waiting list. Uh, and, uh, and, and they've expanded charter schools dramatically. We should do the same thing, too. Th thank you for calling. I appreciate it. That was a good point. Um, let's go to John in Brooklyn. Hey, John. 
Hi. Um, uh, what I'd like to say is uh, I've taken two trips to uh, to Russia, lived there for two months, and um, I really was treated incredibly well. Uh, I don't, We don't have the time to get into it. But um, I did learn that they lost over 50 times what we lost in World War II. Yeah, they lost 20 million. Uh, we lost uh, 250,000. So it's in fa- your math is, in fact, a little. it's even worse than you're saying. And that is completely true. Of course, Russia also lost 20 million people before that, killed by its own government uh, in their efforts to collectivize agriculture. They literally forced peasants to starve to death, which is pretty incredible to make a farmer starve to death. <laughs> How do you do that when they're growing the stuff? But uh, look, uh, the, the Russia is, wants to build empires. That's what USSR was. It's what communism was, and it's what Putin wants to be. Thank you for your call, though. So... Um, the, so I think that, that we have to realize that appeasing Putin is a losing game. Ultimately, it's going to wind us back in a war. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I'd like to introduce you to Leah Thomas, 22 years old. Leah is a former male uh, who converted to female, and uh, she smashed two U.S. swimming records at the Akron, Ohio contest. Uh, she won the uh, 18, the uh, 1600 freestyle in a record time of under 16 minutes, and she... Uh, beat her closest rival, a real woman, by 39 seconds. Uh, she left rivals floundering in a freestyle, uh, beating them down by 14 seconds. She's winning all of the awards you can win as a female swimmer. The problem is she's not female. She just decided to be female. You know, there's LGBTQ, uh, lesbian, gay, bi, transvestite, and their word, not mine, queer, um, add to that you, undecided, <laughs> LGBTQ, you. <laughs> and uh, the what's going on is a lot of male athletes who are in the middle of the pack, not winning medals, not winning scholarships, are crossing the street and announcing that they are now women and they're competing in women's sports. Before Title IX of the Civil Rights Act was passed in uh, 1994, the, the, the women's sports were absolutely on the back burner. Ninety uh, percent of the scholarships for athletics went to men, and women's sports was something of a joke. Title IX required that there be equal funding and equal treatment for men and for women, and that is now being vitiated, repealed, and overcome by trans sports, and Biden is doing everything he can to support it. In fact, Biden has taken the view that doctors who refuse to perform gender change surgery on pre-adolescence, the deal is to make them change their gender before puberty so they're not conflicted, a boy inside of a girl's body, uh, 
and he is take, threatening to take away the licenses of doctors that refuse to perform that particular form of male castration, which is really what it boils down to. Um, this is just terrific, and this woman, this woman man winning all of those medals is a very, very good example of that. Um, so my message to Leah Thomas is very simple. You cheated, you lied, you said that you loved me, you cheated, you lied. Now, for my next topic, usually I talk about the topic and intro it uh, and then bring in the song. But this time, I'll let you infer what the topic is from the song. Okay, so what do you think I'm going to talk about when the song is The Bitch Is Back? (laughs) That's great. Well... Look, uh, I think that it is inevitable that the Democrats get rid of Biden and they will then be hunting for a new candidate. And I think the blacks will have their candidate, might be Cory Booker, might be former governor of Massachusetts, Duval Patrick, might be crazy Marxist leftist, former attorney general, Eric Holder. But Obama will make that decision. And then the establishment will put up its candidate and I think it will be Pete Buttigieg. And then, then, guess who comes back into the race? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, she's going to get into this race. Uh, She's already calling her donors to line them up, and uh, she's never given up. she is being driven crazy by the idea that Harris might eclipse her and get to be the first woman president before she can claim her rightful throne, her rightful place in the sun. And she absolutely can't stand that. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. Hey, David. Dick, a pleasure to run my theory past you regarding if Hillary runs against <laughs> Trump in the next presidential election. Let's hear it. i I believe Trump would win much bigger this time versus Hillary, and here's why. First time he ran, he was unproven, just a reality star. Well, who's he, you know, totally unproven as an elected official? He definitely kicked butt, I think a lot, I think uh, people can, can, can say. So now a lot of the critics... He had an ample target. Of, what? He had an ample target. Go ahead. What does that mean? Um, a large button is way. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, so, like, for example, some of the conservative talk show hosts didn't even want to support Trump, and they said vote for Hillary. Well, now these people have seen Trump did great, yeah. and now they're supporters. He's got much more support. Then on the Hillary side, I think there's going to be much less passion this time, A, because the Democrats are doing so poorly, people are scared, and B, because a lot of the Democrats do see Trump really kick butt. So they're not going to vote for Trump, but they just won't even go out. No, you'll you'll have huge. Right now, the polling shows that 20 percent of the people that voted for Biden say they regret their choice. And 8 percent overtly now say they will vote for Trump. And those numbers are obviously going to increase as the evidence of Biden's failure accumulates. Uh, And I think that uh, 
Hillary or any Democrat would have no chance at all against Trump. I think Trump will win this overwhelmingly, in my view. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe in Staten Island. Got an interesting question. Hello, uh, Mr. Morris. I was going to ask, uh, you mentioned that the Build Back Better got knocked down, but we also f- don't forget the um, the other... Uh, the infrastructure bill. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the infrastructure went. The uh, Build Back Better. You, you kind of forgot to mention, because this is what I like about it's going to fail, because uh, I have a lot of Democrats lawyer friends that make a lot of money. But one of the biggest things they wanted was that salt tax reversed. Yeah. So, you know, the 10 states that have big Democrat donors could take 80000 almost if they're millionaires off their federal taxes. Yep. And then the city... Let, let's explain to people what we're talking about. Uh, under Trump's bill, uh, you could no longer deduct state and local taxes. That's S-A-L-T, state and local taxes. Uh, up to beyond $10,000 a year. And Biden wants to raise that to 80. So his headline is that he's going to take from the rich and give to the poor. But in fact, everything he would do is completely offset by repealing the salt, uh, by restoring the salt deduction and raising the cap up to 80,000. It would make this bill the biggest giveaway to the upper income brackets. Uh, in, in American history, uh, dwarfing anything that the liberals say that Reagan or Trump did. And uh, he's, his constituency is demanding that. But thank goodness, I think it's going to go down with the whole BBB package that um, Joe Manchin just announced he's opposing. Eric in Manhattan shares my concerns about Hillary. Let's hear from you, Eric. Dick. Hello. Hi, Dick. I'm, I'm, um, as I was telling the screen, I'm a Latino Trump Democrat. Good. Um, my concern, I'm, I was calling in about Hillary, it's just not her. It's, not, it's the mob she brings with her. She's clearly insane. Um, and the neocons and the never-Trumpers, it's just... Um, I mean, this woman's writing an acceptance speech like five years after she lost. Yeah. So, I Did mean, you catch that? Uh, a few weeks ago, she was at an event, and she gave her acceptance speech she would have given uh, had, the, uh, had she won the election. The interesting thing nobody talked about in that point is that when she did that, I don't think she had any notes in front of her. I think she recites that speech in her sleep. <laughs> As she's dozing, instead of she counting sheep, she gives her acceptance speech. <laughs> Let's go to Sam in uh, Woodside. Hey, Sam. Uh, crooked Hillary sold enriched, en- enriched uranium to Hitler, who she calls Putin. Yeah. Well, um, you're in fact right. Uh, what happened is that the, uh, is that the, there was a provision, there's a provision in U.S. law that if there's any strategic purchase of a company that would affect the strategic balance for the United States, it has to be approved by the State Department, which is head of a panel that has to rule on it, the Foreign Investment Regulation Act. And, um, the, there was a Canadian company, uh, run by a guy who gave huge amounts of money to Clinton. I think his name is Gutpa. And uh, they wanted to buy the company that controls – they wanted to buy the company that uh, sold uranium, that, that, sold, that sold enriched uranium uh, to the Russian government. And 
and and that was that was one issue. The other one, I'm sorry, I was just confused about something. The um, Putin bought uh, a company that controlled about twenty percent of the uranium produced in the world, and virtually all of the uranium mined in the United States. And it went before this board that Hillary was in charge of, and she approved that sale. The company that bought it was a Canadian company run by a guy named Gupta, who was one of the major donors to the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Library and the Clinton campaign. And uh, the Russians put him in there as a middleman in this purchase, specifically to buy Hillary's approval. And they got it, and that uranium was transferred. So you're right. I just had to kind of explain it to everybody else. So what we've talked about here are the uh, that Manchin has said no after uh, after a year of holding fire and uh, and negotiating with Biden. He is finally killing the B B B B B program. That's the Biden Build Back Bankrupt Bill, and uh, it's now dead. I think. I hope. And this caps it, a terrible year of failure by Joe Biden. Uh, no president since the Civil War, except for Andrew Johnson and Herbert Hoover, have had first years that are worse than Joe Biden's. And it's largely because the Democrats insisted on cramming into the budget, into the package, every last thing that they could think of. Every special interest, every giveaway, every subsidy was crammed into that bill and ultimately just died of its own weight. Uh, I talked about how Tucker Carlson has been saying encouraging things to Vladimir Putin and excusing his aggression and his threats against 44 million free people by saying it's just Russia uh, wanting to tidy up its borders and be secure against uh, against foreign aggression. We talked about how a trans swimmer, Leah Thomas, who was recently a man and became a woman, not through surgery but just through um, just through wanting to be one and some testosterone therapy has now smashed all of the women's records in Olympic swimming. And uh, this should not be allowed. What they should do is have three kinds of races, men, women, and trans, yes. and let there be a champion in each of those. Let her, let her and him win their own event, but not eclipse women. <clears throat> That's uh, fair. And then we talked about... Uh, the song that Elton John had, oh, yeah, called The Bitch is Back. I'll leave you to conclude who that was. <laughs> but we talked about her and we talked about how she probably will jump into this race uh, if the Democrats knock out Biden. I think it will be a primary among the establishment, which will support Buttigieg, the blacks who will support whoever Obama says. Most, I, My own guess is Cory Booker. And, uh, and, and then, and I believe AOC will get into the race as the candidate of the crazies. I think they'll call themselves the progressives. And as long as everybody's in, hey, why not Hillary? And she'll jump in too. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. This is 77 WABC and this is the Dick Morris Show. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 